So my sister-in-law just got into town yesterday as a surprise. She told us she wasn't coming and she's here. So the holiday Thanksgiving wouldn't be the same without her. But she brought her dog, Loki. So now we have Loki and Izzy running around the house. Izzy needs a bath. I got to make sure I give him a bath before Thanksgiving. Thank God I have booster bath, portable. Give your dog a bath anywhere. It's winter. It's cold. Even in Arizona, it could be a little chilly, especially for the little pup. Bring that thing inside. Set it up. Put it in the washroom. Boosterbath.com. Check it out. Welcome back to the Hard Parking Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Jay Finning. Coming up on today's show, I'm visited. I have my first in-guest studio, Nathan Robertson, coming down from Seattle. Known each other for a few years. The guy has a lot of things to say. First part of the interview, guys, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to hold with me. He's a really techie guy, so we talk about his car, but. I'm just telling you guys, just hear the passion, and I'm going to go ahead and prepare you. So he says, C30. The C30 motor is the first engine in the NSX, 1991 to 96 NSX. has a C30. I have a C32B. Try to keep up. When he talks J motors, he's talking about the motors, Japanese motors, but they're made here, and they're typically, they're everywhere. So you're going to find them in Honda Accords and all sorts of different cars. So he's talking about doing a motor swap on his car, essentially. But then we get into the psyche, what makes him tick. The firm that he and his woman have going on, they're taking people off the street who have some inspiration and they're showing them the way to how to turn their products into something tangible and offering them a service. I wish something like that would have existed, you know, when I was 18, 19, because I had a lot of good ideas back in the day and I just never did anything with them. Maybe that's why I try so hard on this podcast to make it work because I'm used to just giving up. So that's a big deal. Q&A segment guest, Shanine Alasia, author of Reaching While Teaching, the book, Reaching While Teaching, the podcast. She's an educator. Going to have her on. We're going to have a fun time doing Q&A. But you guys are really here. Show announcement, finally have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash hard parking podcast. Join and support the show. You get access to some behind the scenes stuff and some unique items that are only available for the Patreons. You got to be interested in the title of the show. Defund the San Diego Police Department, parking authority. If you're in a position right now and you're listening to this and you're in front of a computer, maybe you're at work, go ahead and open up another browser and type in 3000 Mission Boulevard, San Diego, California. I'm going to need you to follow me on this. Pull up that address. Pause the podcast. Pull it up. Now, go to Google Maps and go to Satellite View. And what's going to happen is you're going to zoom in and you're going to see a parking lot. 3021, 3035 Mission Boulevard parking. It's on the east side. Muscle Beach parking is on the west side. Now, if you scroll out even further, you'll find that the only way to get to that parking lot is from the north. The only way to get to that parking lot is from West Mission Bay Drive. The only way to get to that parking lot is from West Mission Bay Drive if you're coming from the east or if you're coming down Mission Boulevard from the north. That parking lot has two entrances. Pay attention. Keep up. There's a north entrance and the south entrance. Now, I'm going to talk about my parking citation that I got September 4th, 2020, when we were in San Diego, which, by the way, that is my anniversary. So every year, while my wife and I should be celebrating our anniversary, I'm going to think about this parking citation. So there's another parking lot right across the street. There's a parking lot to the northeast, another parking lot across the cove. Every single parking lot in the area has a big sign that tells you as soon as you pull in, sometimes before you even pull in, when you can and when you cannot park in that parking lot. I paid attention because I drove around looking 
for a place to park because we stayed in a vacation home north of this area, just a little bit north, a quarter mile walk. Every single one. I can tell you that the street side parking right there says, do not park here Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. for the street cleaners. I know all the parking signs. So I pulled into the north parking. Go ahead and do the street view. If you go to the street view, do the street view. Go into the street view and walk up to that northern entrance. And what are you going to see? You're going to see nothing. There is no signage. Zero. Now, if you turn to the left, there's a sign that says no parking. Do not block the trash can. So I didn't park there. Now, if you go to the south entrance, before you even get into the parking lot, there's a huge sign that says overnight parking to the right. And as soon as you pull in, there's two more signs, one on your left, one on your right. Overnight parking to the right. And then a little bit further down on the right, overnight parking to the right. Like the entire south part of this parking lot is filled with signs, up to and including the south entrance. But here's the deal. If you're a vacationer, if you're coming from anywhere outside of the immediate area, because to the south of this is nothing but vacation homes and little mansions. There's no way to access that except for from the north. So the first parking lot you're going to pull into is the north parking lot. That's what you're going to do. And it was about 530 and I pulled in. And of course, beach parking, five o'clock. Come on, guys. PM. It's every man for himself. I drove around, looked for a parking spot up there. I found one went right in, like literally right by the entrance. Oop, this is mine. Came out in the morning, had my citation. Parking citation right here. Location, 3000 Mission Boulevard, 9420. The remarks, sign posted, lot closed at 2 a.m. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tour around this lot. So there are one, two, three, four signs, really small at the very back of the lot when you first pull in. And you can't even see them. So if there's a pickup truck, there's a minivan, an SUV parked there, you can't see those signs. Those signs say no parking from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. So, okay, those are your signs, Jay. You should have seen the signs. Take that sign and shove it up your ass. Because here's the deal. On the south part of that, where there's the four huge signs that say overnight parking, to the right, there's also two of those no parking signs from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. against the back parking, the parking that faces the beach. So there are six signs that face the beach parking spots that say no parking from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. So one could assume that means you can't park there regardless of what part of the lot you're in. And yet, there it is. And so $52.50 is the cost of this citation. So I did an appeal. So on the back of the citation, it says you have 21 days to pay or appeal. So I look it up. And I check every day. This thing didn't even show up into the system until the 22nd day. So they're counting on people to forget about it. They're not in a rush to put it in the system, but they're in a rush to give you a citation. So once they log the citation, the counter at least resets to 21 more days from when it was logged. So I appealed the ticket because it's not about the money. $52, whatever. That's the average price of a, of a stupid parking citation. I appealed the ticket. And of course, they, they probably didn't even read my appeal. I had this long thing typed out. I have three visual aids. I literally took a screenshot from the entrance of A the overhead from afar to where you can see there's no way to enter except for the north and a closer overhead so I can outline every single sign that was in the parking lot. Every parking lot in the area has a sign at the entrance except for the north entrance of this parking lot. They know what they're doing. That's bullshit. So I went ahead and paid it. And here's why. Because if you don't pay it, like had I been in my own car, I wouldn't have paid it. Fuck that. I wouldn't have paid it. 
because any other parking citation I've ever had, I've paid. It's like, damn it, you got me, or I slipped up, my bad, my bad. This was a setup. This was a setup. They knew what they are doing. Zero signage. I'm telling you, go look it up. 3000 Mission Boulevard, San Diego. You'll see. Satellite view, no signage. You have to pay it when you're in a rental car, and here's why. Because what happens is they tag it. The rental company gets notified. They probably get something in the mail. I know this has happened in the tolls before. I've, had, I've been hit with tolls before. Flying through toll booth and forgot to exit or whatever. Which really sucks when you're in some other state you're not used to. Your rental car company ends up paying for it. And then they charge you for it plus whatever the convenience processing fee. And I guarantee you it's not $5. So they could pay, okay, let me pay this $50 ticket. And we're going to charge you $150 because we had to pay this $50 ticket. So now you're out $200. No good. So I decided to do a little bit of research into all this. How crooked is this system? I first jumped into San Diego. So from April 1st of 2018 to September 1st, 2019, over 200,000 parking tickets, citations within the city limits were issued. This is according to data obtained by NBC7 of San Diego. Between that time, the city collected $31.4 million. So I decided to look it up even more. There's a blog on carrentals.com. Parking tickets cost Americans. According to this blog, the real cost of parking tickets, 16 U.S. cities make over $1.4 billion in annual parking ticket revenue. There's no way I was going to win that appeal. They see the appeal and they're like, pay us. Chicago, $264 million in revenue. Second only to New York at $545 million. That's a half a billion dollars in New York in revenue. Can you imagine how, many of that, how much of that doesn't get paid? But here's the good news. You can come to Phoenix. Phoenix didn't make this list. Come to Phoenix, get your ticket, don't pay it. Defund the San Diego Police Department Parking Authority. I'm sure the police are cool, though. Coming up, Nathan Robertson. All right, so we're sitting here with Nathan Robertson. This is the first in-studio guest, so welcome to the podcast. Jeez, don't I feel special. You are special, down <laughs> from uh, from the Seattle area. So what brought you into town? Oh yeah, just uh, visiting uh, visiting the ladies' parents, and um, man, I I get why people move down here. It is nice. It's pretty nice. It's really nice. I am it's so nice. sick of the rain. <laughs> yeah, the rain sucks. So there's a lot of stuff I uh, like to talk to you about. Yeah, and uh, you're pretty good at talking. So <laughs> so first off, so we met in 2015. I want to say right at NS Expo, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And you show up and you have kind of this wide body disheveled in a sex. Oh, dude, let, let's, let, let's, Jay, uh, let, let's, let's just call it how it is. It was the worst pile of shit there and you know it. <laughs> it was interesting, right? But you did something cool with it, right? So we read the markers and everyone signed your car. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that was, um, I, th- I think that was a good idea. Because obviously, you know, you, you're, you're walking around all these really highly polished, uh, you know, supercars. And, uh, and then there's this horrid, just, um, hideous, uh, uh, cockroach of an, of an NSX that, uh, and, and honestly, it really shouldn't have, have made the trip down. Um, I mean, in fact, we, uh, God, it wasn't even legally registered. Um, that's funny. Yeah. We, uh, we, we outlawed <laughs> it down there. I mean, I, I put in, uh, put in all this work to just get it into, um, somewhat of a roadworthy state, but yeah, I mean, I, I bought it at auction. It had been surgically surgical strip is what California highway patrol called it. So it had just been stolen and stripped. And uh, so I, I picked it up at auction, but, you know, wasn't able to bring it through, um, 
Washington State Patrol inspection to get the the title and registration and all that stuff uh, done. So, so that was fun. I didn't I didn't tell Rachel until uh, you know we were rolling through Oregon. I see a you know checkpoint up ahead. I'm like, uh, babe, I got to tell you something. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just act normal. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, it was a it was an agriculture stop. They didn't really care. But uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, so how did you so in knowing that story. How did you feel? Were you a little self-conscious once oh, you sure. started looking at oh, all the yeah. other NSXs? Oh God, Mo- yeah, most most definitely. I mean, the only I think the only saving grace that that I I think I maybe maybe had to you know back a lot of this up was probably the work that I was doing for the NSXCA to get you know NSXPO registration and all the right. all the IT stuff. We don't need to get into that, but I mean, <laughs> I I did um, I got all of that work done before I even turned a single bolt on my own NSX. So I think um, as far as those who were like following kind of what I, what I was doing, uh, following the, I wouldn't really call it a build. It was more like a, you know, what, what can we cobble together quickly to get it, to get it, just to get it down there. Yeah. It that's was, that's it was kind different. of the SEMA mentality too, by the way. And we're going to touch on that sure. in a little bit. I thought it was brilliant to have everyone sign your car because no one could say shit anyway, right? Well, I mean, I, what I was explaining was that, look, the next time you see this thing, it ain't going to look like this. It's uh, we've got a lot of things in the pipe. I've got a lot of lot of uh, lot of dreams that uh, we'll see how they how they go. And as of today, those uh, those dreams are have uh, have shaped up really uh, really quickly. It still it still needs some work exterior wise, but uh, the the core engineering of what we've built is is really sound. We've got some um, like how like how much can you stuff. tell us about the car? Because it sounds almost like you're not quite ready to really. I mean, I I can. I, I guess I can talk about it at this point. I mean, look, it's already out in the wild. People have taken pictures of it. Enough people have seen have seen images of what's going on uh, underneath. But um, so so what have you done with it from that point? And then why? Let's go into the why first. Yeah. Yeah. So. okay. so the first thing um, after I got it back from after we got back from NS Expo, well, within within six months, I blew up the original C30. And uh, the problem was, I mean, the C30 was fine. It's just, um, you know, I popped a uh, popped a spring on the clutch plate, and then I replaced it with a single disc uh, Synergy clutch. And uh, that particular clutch uh, apparently had a recall on it. And one of the one of the problems is that you know, you don't want to put uh, when you have a really heavy a heavy pressure plate when the car's off, you're putting a lot of pressure on the thrust washers, right? And then when you go to turn the car over, like you're, you're, you're grinding metal on metal, right? right so it's, sure. very, it's very tough on it. So um, that ended up uh, manifesting itself at a 130 mile an hour ricer drive-by or ricer flyby. And uh, yeah, the, um, uh, the release bearing shaft breaks off inside the transmission, just grenades, uh, throws, throws the balance of the crank off, grenades, the whole bottom end. Um, you know, uh, so RIP C30. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no more C30. And so for me, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this thing, like, look, this is never going to be a show car. I, I can't, I can't sell it. I mean, the upside here is that I don't ever have to go, you know, shopping for a casket later in life. So I have uh, seen oddly enough where people get buried essentially in their cars. It's super creepy. Huh? You know, there's a Florida, Florida article, some guy, I don't know if he's like a hip hop person or whatnot, mm-hmm. kind of a no name guy. He got his wake was sitting in like his old Buick or some shit. Yeah, that's crazy. So um, I guess uh, where, where I, I bring up the um, I bring up the C30 uh, getting blowed up because 
that really set a lot of things in motion. Um, I knew I wanted to go J. I wasn't going to replace it with the uh, with the with another C30, but the options for the J were still kind of you know they, they were still they were still getting worked out, but they weren't being worked out fast enough for my liking and not to the level of of um, I guess options that I wanted that I felt like the the rest of the NSX community could. Uh, could benefit from because I mean I figure like look if if I need this surely someone else out there is going to need it as well. Um, one of the things that we zeroed in on here was uh, was uh, was engine swaps obviously, but specifically the J35A8 out of the Acura TL Type S and uh, I guess the, the Acura RL. The TL Type S is um, is really the the one that you want though. And the reason being is that this engine is um, is fully forged from from the factory. I mean, it's not like the J32A2 where you know that and that's the that's the commonly accepted you know NSX swap that right. most people do. The and, J motors. Yeah, but but the thing is, the, the bigger the bigger part here was not just the engine block and the heads and the tuning and whatever itself. It the the, the larger part here, at least for me was the transmission and a lot of these j uh, j blocks the later j35s um uh, a8s uh, and the j j37s they have a different uh, different bolt pattern on the on the um on the block so you can't use the nsx transmission uh on it and so that was kind of the the path of least resistance to get a j into the nsx the fact that it already bolted up to the five speed that's that's great or the six speed if you should you happen to have one but I don't think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of interest in paying what was it ten grand for the NSXR gear stack to get to go six speed, something like that. The, the yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I, I just I didn't. I have a six, so oh, I haven't had to look oh, into oh, it. Fence. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So um, so I'm like, okay, so you know, I, I buy a uh, uh, an Acura TL Type S, uh, an 08 at auction. Yeah, I think I paid. I think it was like twenty one hundred bucks. For the whole thing is a, a manual six-speed uh, mechanical limited slip in the transmission. And again, this is stuff that's all all from uh, from the factory. The goal here was to get a 3.5 liter modern J series and its related six-speed into the NSX. So we wanted to open up these options for NSX owners that wanted to put a lot of miles on their car and be able to maybe you know get something certified by a mechanic, take the take the engine out, take out your gauge cluster. Put this in so that way you stop the timer on the on the components that have the the largest devaluation, price wise, right? And that's the engine and the the engine transmission and uh, the gauge cluster and maybe to a certain degree the climate control. But other than that, uh, you know the 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 mileage devaluation is 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 crazy. I think a friend of mine took a trip from Seattle down to Westfest and ended up taking just in transacted value like a fifteen thousand dollar bath. So. You know, my, my goal here is to, you know, get NSX owners driving their cars. And so if you, right. could, if you could drop the C-Series for a J, I mean, that, that's great. So so at this point, uh, long story long, um, we now have a, a J35A8 and six-speed manual swap motor mount kit on the market. And it's not it's not one of those kits where... Um, where it, it doesn't adapt your uh, your original NSX mounts. It's a full It's a full-on replacement. So... So it's nice. Um, you know, we've, we've been, uh, I've just been beating the hell out of the car since, uh, since we got that done. Uh, was that two years ago? Now, a lot of this stuff has been really, you know, done in stealth, you know, this, uh, I guess, uh, uh, 
Jay, this is probably the most exposure that that we're that we're getting. We still haven't really gone out to, you know, to publicize it uh, yet. Although that's that's in the works as we realize that the uh, light at the end of the tunnel is not, in fact, an approaching train. The motor mount kit's solid. We have an axle manufacturer. And I think the the real beauty of this of this kit too is that we're using the original engine computer. So we don't have to go with an AEM standalone. It's it's got Honda drivability, and because it's CAN bus. You can use things like K-Tuner or Hondata. Hondata. So, so what year is your car again? Uh, it's a 91. 91, yeah. okay. A couple of years to get to that point, because I remember you hit me up well over a year ago. Like, hey, man, I got this cool project I'm working on, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> I was like, how are you going to put give me that shit? You know? <laughs> so you were just kind of leaking stuff to me. So at least now it's on the road, sort of. Is it, is it legal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 whole, it's fully road legal. Um yeah, it's uh, it's got it's it's got full coverage insurance and uh, it's got it's got current tabs. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's legit. But you're not done with that thing, though. You have, oh, no. you have you have a lot of stuff to do. What can you share with the the listeners? And this will probably be an NSX heavy um, audience for those people who haven't already hit stop because they can't keep up with the J Motors. Sorry. You know, what can you share? No, it's fine. What can you share with um, the listeners about your car? What what makes it different without going into too much detail? than my NSX. So well, I don't want to spoil anything in case sure. you're still yeah, sitting yeah. on some uh, shit. Uh, not, it's, it's all good. I think the, 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 the pictures are already out there. If you, if you already knew where to look, then they're out there. So I, I don't mind, I don't mind talking about it. Um, I was watching the first episode of the grand tour and they started talking about uh, four wheel steering and it, it started becoming, you know, more and more of a thing. You got Lamborghini, McLaren, Ferrari, and they're, they're all coming out with new models with active rear steering. Ooh, cool. Right. And I'm just over here, you know, slow clapping away. We like the prelude have that. Yeah. Congratulations, like guys. Fourth gen yeah. prelude or something. The third gen. Third yeah. gen. Yeah. You know, it's like Honda had this shit like 30 years ago, like welcome to the party. Right. You know, and it kind of got me thinking like, all right, well, from what I could find, it seems to be that the, the NSX was engineered with four wheel steering in mind but they cut it because of weight constraints. And we all know what uh, what Honda was doing at the time to to make this thing as light as possible to beat uh, to beat Ferrari. But uh, for for the listeners here, we have added mechanical four wheel steering from the nineteen ninety one prelude onto the nineteen ninety one NSX. And I'll tell you, man, this thing is an absolute monster now. I mean, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's crazy. It's a little bit hard to explain. Um, but going back to, uh, going back to my fiance's supercharged S2000, it's got, you know, uh, good, good suspension. It's been, it's been stiffened quite a bit and all I feel is drag everywhere. I, I just, I just feel just drag from the rear drag everywhere. And in this, in this four wheel steering NSX is just it feels like you're like you're uh, you're driving a cloud. I mean, it goes exactly where you want it to, and it's it's not complicated at at all. It's um, exactly as Honda you know intended for it to be a completely transparent system. Like you're not supposed to feel. It's, it's like VTEC. That sounds wild as hell. Do you have drone footage or anything? If a little bit, yeah. if you're doing like a, a full turn, I yeah. bet you that looks cool. Probably looks trippy. Yeah, it does. So now here's the thing. So the different, getting back to the differences between where my NSX is now and your and your uh, yours in ninety seven, right? Mine's in ninety seven. Okay, yeah, it's the first year of the NA two. So we have added, uh, we have a, a mechanical limited slip, uh, thanks to the TL Type S transmission. We have four wheel steering, and because we use the mechanical four wheel steering, we also added power steering via the via a um, 
an MR2 electric power, electric hydraulic power steering pump. So this thing is, as one friend of mine uh, uh, put it, terrifyingly light. So, I mean, it's nice. You could turn the power steering on or off if you want, because it's, it's electric now. But, um, you know, turning four-wheel steering is, is one thing, but a four-wheel steer fully locked limited slip burnout. Oh man, I think anything less than uh, describing as righteous wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it justice. Sounds amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. And the, and the cool thing is that, you know, putting this thing, it putting the rear of the NSX now in, into a drift, it is so predictable. I mean, you can pull it, you can put it into it, induce a drift and then pull it out at a second's notice. It's not, it's not unstable. It's incredibly, um, uh, uh confidence in, inspiring. You know, it's a little bit weird when you get in it and you first start driving it, but you test it a little bit because you know it feels like if you didn't know any better, it would feel like it would feel like your ascent's kind of sliding out you know, from underneath you. But that's not really the case. And so as you as you you know uh, come to grips and get to you know understand you know what what the car is actually telling you, man, it's it's uh, it's it's something otherworldly for sure. So how is that? Okay, so go back to 2015 mm-hmm. real quick. Was this the concept? Way back then, or you weren't quite sure what the fuck you were going to do with it? Oh, man. Yeah, we had no idea. It wasn't until I blew up the motor that I started thinking like, all right, well, now there's really nothing left of this. I mean, right. it, was already, it was already stolen and stripped. And um, because it was stolen and stripped, I didn't really, I didn't really mind doing, doing something crazy with it. I already knew I wanted to go wide body. So the original panels, you know, left uh, with, with the quickness. But after after i blew up the the c30 i mean i was like there's no way there's no way in hell that i'm i'm paying to rebuild this right this it's engine. expensive Ching. and and the other thing is like it's a beautiful motor it's 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 amazing it's um it really is a piece of art and i didn't feel like um it didn't really make sense for me to to build something that i knew that i was going to destroy again it just it just didn't sit right with me now the beauty of this is that you know if i go on a if I go on a, uh, you know, cross country road trip or something and I, you know, throw a rod in, you know, Keokuk, Iowa, well, guess what? There's a J35 in a junkyard for a couple hundred bucks somewhere and I'm back on the road, pay some hombres to help me swap this thing in and, and like, and we're back up and running. The parts are just everywhere. All these motors are made in America. So for me, I was just, it was a, it was a practicality concern, um, we've, we do have some more things in the works. The, the motor mount kits are, uh. The, the design is, is, is all done. You know, we've got, uh, everything's measured with, you know, 3d scanners and CAD and it's all, it's all precision, uh, precision, you know, measured and everything. So, so we're, we're happy with, uh, with the designs and, you know, we'll share some more, uh, some more imagery of that in, uh, in time. But, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of things, uh, coming up for the, for the NSX community, but we're really targeting the J series community specifically. So, you know, there, there are plenty of other companies out there that are really NSX specific and, we want to be, you know, understood that though we're not really a, trying to compete with those markets. Those are well established and well respected, at least by by myself. Um, I'm really out for competing in the J series market specifically, which we happen to make a kit for. If that makes sense, it does. So you keep saying we. Yeah. Oh, so can, yeah. we, de- can sure. we define we? Sure. Yeah, yeah. For the listeners. Sure, sure. So uh, my uh, my fiance and I. Uh, run a company called Arcus Foundry and Arcus Foundry. Yep, okay. And uh, we are a design engineering and consulting firm uh, based out of Seattle. Uh, it was kind of born out of, um, we both hated our corporate jobs and said, and I was tired of, uh, tired of being at Microsoft and it's like, well, why don't we do our own thing? You know, this, this, this could be fun. And, uh, you know, for me, mentorship was always, 
was always really high on my on my list. I wouldn't be who I am or where I am without some amazing, amazing mentors that kind of plucked me out of the mud and showed me a thing or two. So nice to get plucked out of the mud. Really, really nice. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. It's like if you if if you find yourself in that position, you know, you you really kind of owe it to to give back. I mean, so much so that you know, I, we we chose not to have kids to maximize that uh, that impact and effect. And so. Uh, tying that back around with the, with the NSX stuff, um, a lot of these parts have been engineered by uh, by by interns that have been in school. We've gotten them school credit for building some of this stuff, and so it's 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 been it's been really That's cool. Awesome. So so for me, it's just uh, you know I, I got I got I got into Microsoft at nineteen, you know. Um, so for me, it, had I not had that one person to just kick my boot in the door to see what I could do, um, I, I I don't know where I'd be. So for me, it's Look, if, if there's people that are trying to get into, into IT or trying to get into technology, you know, what we do as Arcus Foundry is we kind of, we, we show them the ropes a bit. We give them some basic project management training. So it's not from teaching them how to manage projects themselves. It's more how to integrate into a Fortune 500 IT scenario where where your work is being managed. There are some basics there, but we give them enough, uh, enough you know, projects to work on that you know, I can manage them directly and say, okay, here's, here's how this is going to work. Here's what I need you to do. And so aside from me being able to delegate engineering tasks to people that, that really just gets their, gets their brains, you know, firing to, to, to solve these complex technical problems. um, I'm able to kind of watch them grow and, and help them build good, uh, good habits to succeed. And these are people that are, you know, getting their, their college degrees or are fresh out of high school, or uh, in some cases they're in middle school and just trying to you know, figure out where they, you know, where they fit into all this. So, you know, mentorship is really at the, at the heart of a lot of what we do, but um, we founded our company as a design engineering consulting firm uh, because as, uh, as someone who, uh, anyone that knows me can attest as massively ADHD, you know, we wanted something that would allow us to pivot and work on really whatever we, we wanted to. And so, you know, design engineering consulting, you know, what the hell can't you do with that? Right. So, Anyway, hopefully that that kind of answers. You know, we, we it, do small it does. business startups. It, and, it answers it. Um, going back to the NSX for two yeah. seconds because we're almost done with that one. Sure. Is you know, so it sounds like the design is constantly evolving. Do you know exactly what you want of it, or are you still? Is that thing still moving forward as the months cycle forward and new things come out, new ideas? I mean, man, the, as far as the exterior goes, I mean, that has just kind of taken shape naturally. I mean, we're kind of building a lot of this on the on the fly, pulling ideas from what, what we're, we're drafting a lot on what Honda Engineering has, has already done in, in some way, shape or form and trying to you know see, do, does it make sense on this on this platform? Um you know, so the front, uh, like the front splitter, for example, I mean, geez, I built that myself with a, yeah, three eighths inch ABS plastic and, uh, and, a, and a heat gun, you know, but, the, but we pulled the design off of, uh, what the, uh, the time attack NC one was doing. They've got a very, very boxy kind of time attack Pikes peak, like uh, front splitter. So kind of pulled some design cues off of that. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a body guy, but, uh, Boy, I've I've certainly learned how to work with some, some carbon fiber. Right, you learned <laughs> some sorry, shit. Fiberglass, but how yeah. about uh, do you have any plans? Because we had talked about this a year or two ago about maybe doing some sort of a SEMA run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. SEMA twenty twenty is that is still in the works. In the works, good. I think you know, knowing even more about your car now, I mean, that thing, a company would be ridiculous to not bring you in. Yeah, because it's innovation options. to its yeah. I don't know if you know about Kuya Automotive. But, you know, they currently specialize in using SX parts 
So you might want to pick something up. Yeah. In fact, for those of you guys listening, NSX owners, hurry up and head over to KuyaAuto.com and inquire about Group Buy Special Pricing on Instagram or on Instagram at Kuya underscore Automotive. It's Kuya Automotive for Big Brother's looking out for you. So they sell some of those carbon fiber parts and some of the other things that maybe you want to get for your car. RJ, find me a door handle. <laughs> RJ, let's find him a door handle. We could text him right now. Call him up so yeah. he can find your door. So are you looking for an inner door handle or exterior door handle? Yeah, an inner one. It just finally, finally broke. Yay. You can have mine. It's in the garage. I'm not using it. It's passenger side or driver's side? Uh, driver's side. Oh, no, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course, I need that. So what else do you have going on besides, you know, you with your, your business? But what else are you into? Oh, man. I mean, really, it's just it's technology and, and uh, technology and business. And, um, you know, my, my, so my, my fiance has a business administration degree. So one of the things that we really made a conscious decision to, to do was we, we found a way to really harness and, uh, and bring in everything that we're, we're interested in into the same, uh, the same ecosystem. So it's like a, like a feedback loop, right? So we've got like with the, with the, with Arcus Foundry, with our business, we have our, not only our economy, but our passion and our profession is just, just all of it all in one. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they say that if you, you know, if you, if you like what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So it's, it's really just come from a point of how can we, how can we reduce our, uh, our, the amount of just natural anxiety that the world, you know, forces you to absorb um, and deal with just to survive. And, you know, we figured like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. You know, this, this nine to five rat race has got to go, but I mean, Hey, you know, bills ain't going to pay themselves. Right. So, you know, yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd say that not everybody is capable and I, and I guess that'd be something easy to debate, but I don't think everyone is born capable to do the things that you do, to do the things that some of the one percenters leaders of industry. Oh man, cer- certainly, certainly not. And, uh, and I'll tell you, that's one of the most beautiful things that we love doing the most, at least, at least for me is, uh, is inspiring the uninspired or maybe historically uninspirable. And, you know, we, we start with people that have, they have no business running a business. They have just no idea. But, you know, the thing is, is, and I think we, we were a little bit ahead of the curve at some point, like if you, if you lose your job, if the jobs all go away, you know, you don't, you're not really going to have a choice, but to rely on yourself anyway. So the thing is, is, and that that's kind of where where we come in. So my uh, my my better half, she does all the uh, you know regulatory regulatory and compliance and LLC startup. She gets all that paperwork, all that bullshit that I'm, I'm not I'm not going to do that. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, Honey, but, uh, yeah yeah. She uh, she takes care of all that all that stuff. And I do I do the IT, but um, you know the IT and the kind of uh, the, the mentorship stuff. You know, and the the other thing is that you know all of the IP that our that our um, our our interns, engineers have uh, have spun up under Arcus Foundry. We basically give them seventy five percent ownership of that of that uh, of that IP. So if they want to monetize it, or you know, we'll t- we'll take a, a small sliver. But it's something that it gives them some skin in the game. It's like that working, sounds it's like, like a really stock. really cool thing, right? I, I, so not, I think so. So you don't have the guy working for you at three M who developed the Post It Note and he's just asked out. Right. You know, it's like, dude, you that's yours. Just give us a little piece of the pie. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I think that's a. What's the I don't right know, thing to do? I don't know how many companies are doing that. None. I don't know, but no. that sounds yeah, and that's what's going to keep you guys going, you know, for a long time. Well, I mean, an idea and an, an idea is just an idea without the execution. There's idea really, there's really nothing. Yeah, they're dime really a dozen, right? Yeah, there's really nothing behind it. But I mean, just to to give you an example of the um, the rear motor mount on for the J swap that that we engineered, I literally sketched this thing out on a napkin and said, "Hey, look, here's how I think this could work." 
And, you know, my, my, uh, my engineer guy, he just looks at it and he's like, yep. Okay. L- l- let me get back to you in a, in about a week. I think I'll have something for you. It got back to me with all the CAD drawings and stuff. And you know, we got them all water jetted and, uh, you know, we've beat the hell out of, uh, out of them for, you know, a few thousand miles. Eh, pr- we're probably about 10,000 miles and, you know, the motor mounts are good. The design is sure. yeah. solid. And so we're, I mean, that's why, why we're even talking about it now, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working with with him and uh, another guy that, and these guys are, are big in the prelude scene, right? So because you came from that scene, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So heavy, heavy into the preludes. Um, so we've got. Uh, for Wait, those, hold on, hold on. For you non car people, we're talking about Honda Prelude. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so uh, yeah, for any of you cats listening, that might be uh, might be listening from the from the Prelude days. We've got uh, Mustard Cat. He's the guy that's done all the engineering for the four wheel steering and for the uh, for the motor mounts. And in my opinion, there was no better person to do that. I had no idea he was in school for for IT until you know, someone else told me, like, well, what are, you, what are you doing? It's just, you know, maybe we can get you school credit for this. And then it just kind of, it really just kind of clicked for us as a business that, okay, this is something that we could legitimately do again and again and again. It just makes us feel great. We get to give back. And um, yeah. So it's, it's key that you had said, inspired people because there's a difference between inspiring and motivation because motivation is temporary. Right. Inspirational kind of gets the gears working. So that's excellent. And also meeting people through cars. And it's hard for me to get people who aren't into cars to understand this. It's not even about cars. It's about hobby. Cause I've said this before. You meet people two ways. You meet them at work and you meet them at hobby, unless you're going to school, then you meet them at school. Yeah. And that's the only way you meet people. Yeah. And so through your hobby, you establish all these cool connections and you never know where those connections could take you. Right. Yeah, you just, you have no idea. It really comes down to you. You have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in yourself. I mean, so it's, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty crazy to, to see some of our, some of our, our people just take off with their, with their own thing. And, you know, in some of these cases, they, they don't even have like 500 bucks to throw down on a, on a business license or anything. But, you know, we, we've, we're able to, come up with some, uh, with some creative solutions to get them financed so that we, we get paid. So we're able to keep the lights on and that they, they're able to take a chance on themselves and build a little bit of uh, a little bit of credit. And, you know, it's you know, obviously costs them a little bit, but it takes money to make money. And if you're not willing to take a chance on yourself, how can you expect any, anybody else to? So it's uh, nut up or shut up. I think is the, is the no, term. it's a challenge. It's like, but, how much do you, know, you really believe in what it is you're talking about? Yeah. Do you believe in it? Do you believe in yourself? You want to bet on yourself because we're willing to help you get That's there. It. Yeah. Bet on yourself. Yeah. If you don't want to, if you're too afraid, then I'm sorry. And right? actually, it, uh, dude, I will tell you, it's okay to be afraid. And that fear, oh boy, that fear is something that drives you. And here's something else. Here's something really, really critical that happens. And this is probably the the, the biggest the biggest piece of, of information I can impart about starting your own business is that this thing will grow a life of its own and it will drag you along with it. So it's kind of like if you can't, if you can't get out of bed to, to do something for yourself and you're just you know, sitting there just feeling sorry for yourself, my guess is that if there was someone else that really needed, needed your help, you'd probably you know, get, get your ass out of bed to do it for someone else. So, so the thing is, mm-hmm. if you can't do it for yourself, do it for someone else. Well, guess what? When you've got a business and you've got other people that are relying on you, and this is your, your either your livelihood or your reputation, or or God, or or both. Usually, it's both. At some point, you build a name for yourself. You know, I find that it's something that really does take on a life of its own that pulls you along with it in the best way possible. It forces you to move. I just I just find that beautiful um, because it really really does give people the kick in the ass that they need to to get moving. 
You know, time's the one thing that you can't buy in the, on this world. You can't. So facts make the most of it. So a mutual friend had asked me about you. Does this guy ever sleep? <laughs> you're yeah. up at all times. You're up at all times. And it makes sense because, you know, you go at a hundred thousand miles an hour. Right. What keeps you going? Oh man. Um, is it a, is it a fear of failure? Is it a fear of, you had mentioned something to me on the phone the other day about, is it ever enough? And it's a condition, right? Where it's like, it's never enough. You have to keep gathering, keep collecting, yeah. keep collecting the acorns. Yeah. It's, um, no, it's, 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 uh, it's never enough. I mean, it's something like, you know, uh, shoot for the stars. And when you, when you hit your destination, find another one, keep shooting again and again and again and again. Where does that come from though? Cause that's not like, like we said earlier, not, not everybody, I, I believe not everybody is capable of, of being that person. Um, okay. So like, I think for me, um, and maybe this is getting, a, uh, you know, stop me if this gets a little, little bit too, uh, too deep. I don't want to, I don't want to turn people off from the cast, but, uh, for me, no, I no, think no. It this was, is it's, real talk. It's okay. Well, yeah. so I'll, I'll let, let you in. And I'm really good at editing. <laughs> Fair. All right. So uh, for me, it's born out of a little bit of scarcity complex. So I grew up, um, I grew up uh, the youngest of five kids. Just if you know what powdered milk from the food bank tastes like, you, you know, you, you have some idea. So it's not, not, fortunately really, I don't, you know, not, not, not really, not really great stuff, but boy, does it build a lot of character. And so you, you become, um, you know, and, and I didn't know any better, you know, growing up, it just, it just was what it was. This is, sure. you know, my, my, I think my parents as, as, as incomplete people as they, as they were, I, I do think they, they truly tried their best. Um, but you know, being a parent is, 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 is not, is not easy. Um, and so I, I do give them as much credit as, as I can for doing the best they can as their own, as their own people. No, God, nobody's perfect. So there's only so much fault I can really place on them. They, they did the best they can. And, you know, um, so that being said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here today and I'm, uh, I'm just grateful. I approach everything from a place of, uh, from a place of gratitude. But the thing is, is uh, the world can be a pretty cold, hard place. I mean, just to you know put it into perspective, I mean, shit, I, I live in a, what I think is a, is a nice, uh, a nice place in downtown Seattle. So we got a direct view. Basically we can watch the Seahawks game from, from the house. <laughs> yeah. From, uh, from our apartment. So it's, uh, it's, it's really nice. I never thought I'd live in a place like this or have the opportunities that I do, but you know, I have to look back, you know, 20 years ago, I was sleeping in a tent outside of a trailer, you know, I, so, you know, you just, wherever you are, you always have, you always have opportunity to, you know, to grow and succeed, but you know, damn it, you're going to have to bet on yourself. Like you, you really are. And so for me, like nothing's ever good enough. Um, but to that point, I, I really kind of feel like I'm, um, I'm, 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 I'm always walking a tightrope where I'm three bad decisions away from being on the street. Right. But, um, but that also is kind of, and this maybe, uh, you know, we, we get into a little bit of a, a conversation on, on neurodiversity. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, big proponent for, you know, for, uh, for neurodiversity. And, and for those that are unaware, uh, that's like a, a ADHD, Asperger's, uh, autism spectrum. You know, there, there are so many different mindsets that, that you'll come across and we, we've got our, our, uh, our strengths and our weaknesses. And so for me, um, yeah, I've just, you know, I was going back through some you know, old school records and it just like page after page, I like, can't pay attention, can't stay on task, you know, interrupts the class, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's staring me in the face. It's just kind of bringing me to tears. And so, 
you know, uh, it's, it's very hard to get ahead in life when you can't even focus on what's in front of you. Right. And so it's, um, finding my own path in this, in this life has been, uh, God lucky for me. I mean, uh, cars and computers is just what really clicked for me, but, um, but not not everybody has that, and it's not uncommon for uh, for people to uh, to turn to you know uh, to drugs and alcohol to um, to to just get a moment of of mental mental silence. So I have a lot of a lot of um, you know uh, empathy uh, for for uh, for you know what other people would just you know denounce. Oh, they're just a drug addict. I'm like, well, okay, well, I mean, come on, I mean, there's clearly a lot more going on here. It's just the scale is is seem is seemingly insurmountable, so it's a lot easier to just you know throw everyone into one category and then sweep them under the rug. But uh, yeah, I think I think for for me, you know, I, I exited engineering in entirely to become a program manager, and this was a deliberate a deliberate move to stare into my biggest most glaring weakness. In ADHD, you can't focus on shit, right? It's just it's right. it's constantly yeah. you're grasping at straws. Ooh, pretty lights, right? Squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, for, for, for me, it's, it's how do I, how do, you know, picking out the things that, that you are really good at and find, finding your passion because dude, for me, if, if I didn't find my passion, it was not getting done. It was, it just wasn't getting done. You know, I mean, um, you know, I just, I guess throwing this out there a little bit more. I mean, I, I graduated high school in my fifth year. I took five years to graduate high school, um, with a 1.67 GPA, but dude, I had twice the amount of computer credits. I mean, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I didn't go to college or anything, but I, I knew what I wanted and I knew what I was really interested in. And that was the thing that, that really fueled my fire and kept me going is a very, very analytical, very, very technical, um, level of technical depth that, um, you know, I just, I, I just latched on and wouldn't let go. So that was 1.6? 7, yeah. So 1.7? Uh, 1.67. 1.67. Hey, <laughs> we're, I'm about to fist bump you, brother. 1.54 right here. <laughs> so, you know, it, it doesn't, um, it, it's, it's easy to look at someone like that and be like, wow, like you just really sucked at you're school. You're an idiot. Yeah, you're, you're an idiot by yep. the numbers. But I'm like, fuck, man. I just I'm an idiot. I, idiot I checking just, in. Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't concentrate on anything. So, you know, I mean, and a lot of this is, is hereditary. So, you know, looking at my parents doing the best that they could, it's like, well, no shit. You, you, there was, there was so, much, so much that you couldn't get together. So, you know, I think for, for me, um, coming back around to your original question, I, I apologize. Uh, this is uh, taking so long. That's, this is perfect. The, the, the this sign is good of stuff. A, of, a, of a, anyone, any ADHD person <laughs> telling a story always ends in the apology. <laughs> you squirrel around for all these different uh, points. But, yeah, I think uh, you know, for for me, it, starting a business was was the best thing that 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 we ever did. Because again, it pulls you forward and it it forces that focus, right? You don't really have uh, have any other choice. There are some other tools that we use. You know, uh, uh, God Trello is an absolute lifesaver. That's uh, Trello. Uh, Agile Scrum methodology is huge, and this is uh, this is actually what you know Microsoft and Amazon and Google and uh, you know, any. Any uh, any tech company basically uses this. I mean, even construction companies are starting to use it. But um, it's uh, it's a management framework that that is really really friendly for you know, young people to to assimilate into. It's not just for them, but it's uh, basically to protect it's to protect the business from uh, from employees that aren't getting their work done, and it's meant to protect the employees from uh, from management abuse. 
And, um, you know, being an, an engineer uh, at Microsoft in the, in the mid 2000s, I mean, dude, this was rampant. I mean, you hear about, about IT guys burning out all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's because one of the problems is that you don't have enough representation or someone that knows what they're looking at. You can go to school and get a, you know, a program manager, a project management degree. But if you're working in a technical sense and you don't understand the technical depths and you cannot speak that language, you, you, how could you how could you act as a voice for the engineers that are actually building it? So it's very it's very frustrating as a, as an engineer, and in a lot of cases, a lot of these engineers are very neurodiverse. They're on and I'm not speaking for all of them, so I I apologize if I've, if I've offended any, you know, anyone that uh, that that does work uh, as a, as a uh, an engineer of some sort. But um, you know, it's it's not very uncommon, and having been having been abused uh, myself in a, in a corporate fashion, boy, I won't stand for that shit anymore. So that's the other thing I, that really prompted me to become a leader in my field is, is because there are, without understanding, it's really easy to just, you know, cast people aside just as, just the same as, oh, you're 1.67 GPA, you didn't get your work done. You know, it, you're, you're stupid. It's like, oh, well, no, we didn't make our milestone to get this project done because you suck as a project manager because you didn't understand what was going on from a technical level that you needed to. And there's and so finding the people that are able to communicate all of these things and be able to be the the uh, the translation layer from the, the nerds all the way up to the C-suite executives is very is very difficult to speak both languages, and that's exactly where where I where I have chosen to slot myself because there's way better engineers than I am, way smarter people than I am. I so can appreciate my, all of that. So my my goal is to be a voice for them. Anyway, again, long story long. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. So you said something earlier. Also, I want to kind of get back to sure. of yourself. So because of your past, your scarcity complex, nothing is good enough. How do you prevent yourself from putting that on employees? know the people you work with like so, is it a challenge is there a challenge to, to stay away from that um so a challenge to put the scarcity complex on the employees um well the nice thing about uh about agile and scrum is that i mean it's it's pretty clear what's happening and where and you don't really even have to have conversations to figure out where things are at um so it's it's kind of a self-repairing process how about in your personal relationships with people like friends family oh, fuck, it did it did man i mean I'll, I'll tell you um i i remember i remember the first the first time and we're gonna this might broach another another uh another heavy topic but i, I mean i have to i have to put it out there that um i think the first time i got called a uh, a privileged white male i fucking lost it dude <laughs> i got triggered so hard, so hard. And, um, and I, I, I just, I, I snapped. I was like, are you kidding? And, you know, and I'm, of course I'm thinking back to the way that, that you came up, mm -hmm. everything you went through, powdered right. milk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Powdered milk. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but the thing is, is it's not, it's not a, that statement wasn't about, about me personally. That was the inherent advantage that I have based on my gender and the color of my skin it has nothing to do with, with, with anything else. You know, so I, I became, I mean, I, I had to evolve a little bit and understand that, oh, well, you know, this, this is a thing, you know, fucking Washington and, you know, where, where I grew up, there's just, there's really not, not there's not, not a whole lot of color. Uh, yeah. And that's so, been a, a huge topic, especially this year, right. you know, 2020 has been putting a little bit of strain on everybody. Yeah. You know, what have you been doing in 2020? I mean, has this affected your guys' business that much? No, actually, you know, we, we we're pretty much doing the same, uh, the same thing that we were doing before. Yeah, it, uh, it it's not really much of a change for us. 
really. But we are finding that there's a lot more uh, anxiety and intensity around people wanting to start their own businesses. So we look at it as, you know, you have access to uh, economic opportunity and prosperity. Uh, you know, that's, those are the kind of things that are going to bring you out of poverty. Those are the kind of things that are going to give you oppor- opportunity and put a little money in your, in your bank account and God forbid, you know, help out your local economy. And that, that just helps, that helps everybody. You know, we, we live and operate in a gig economy now, and that's, that's here to stay. Um, it's not going anywhere. So, you know, the whole mentality of, of stay hungry, uh, really, really, uh, really resonates with me. And that's, that's what I think to your, your earlier question, that's really what keeps me going is that there's always someone out there that, that, that needs, that needs a hand up, not a handout, but they, they need someone to show them, like Hey, that terminology. this is, this is what is possible, but you got to believe in yourself and don't ever give up on yourself. Hand up, not hand out. What yeah. are your thoughts on crypto? Are you are you a crypto miner? Yo, I'm not a crypto miner. Um, that surprises for, me. Yeah. So for uh, from pleasantly surprises me because I don't know shit about it, and I'm I'm oh, wondering man. if I'm like the only only idiot out there, or the only smart person, or you know, still yet to be determined. I guess. You know, man, there are uh, so many ways to, uh, to 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 make a buck in this world. Um, in investing, investment strategies are not something that is really my uh, my strong point. I mean, but the thing is like, you know, invest, invest in what you know. And I, I probably could go. have done pretty well by investing in the technology stuff that I know. The problem was that it's too OCD involved in, <clears throat> I don't know, NSXs and different, different tinkering with technology and stuff. So that is something that I'm, I am looking at getting into, but not crypto particularly. Um, I think it's good to diversify your investment portfolio for sure. Um, so, so crypto is probably a good, a good way to go. You know, there, there's some, there's some really good stocks out there too. I mean, QQQ is a, is a, is a good one. It's top, top 100 tech stocks. So it's more of a safe bet, but yeah. So you sent me a bottle of Balvini 14. <laughs> yeah. How'd you like it? Did you try it? it? No, it's downstairs still. Yeah. I haven't cracked it yet. I think we've talked about liquor before. Mm-hmm. Is that one of your things? Like, you're like, what do you like to do for fun? Or what are some of the things you like to enjoy when, I mean, when you're not going a thousand miles an hour, because at some point you have to slow down for a speed bump. Like, where are your oh, speed man. bumps in life? So, so I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. The thing is, like, I'm like go 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 go, and then crash. Like, I, I sleep like a baby every single night. Uh, so, um, as far as as far as winding down, uh, you know, man, I I like going for a drive, and I think um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna come back around, touch on a subject, and I promise we'll get off it real quick, but. Uh, one of the things that um, I think I think everybody can uh, can identify and empathize with, you know, going for a, a nice spirited drive, listening to you, like just that that favorite that favorite track or album that you've got, and just the whole world just goes quiet. You know, everything just kind of fades away, and that's where I find my my. Uh, what are you listening my, to? My best piece. Oh, uh, right now um, I've had on repeat for couple weeks now. I think I, I think I sent it to you. Uh, Paul Oakenfold's transmission, and uh, that that's a, that's a pretty good. One. I've been I've been going back and listening to some of the some of the classics. But uh, yeah, a lot a lot of psytrance, a lot of um, super high high beat per minute, uh, real melodic stuff though. Not I mean it is repetitive, but albums it goes that somewhere. will take you. Yeah, they'll take you on a the journey. journey. Music. Yeah, I hate listening to just a single track like yep. three minute radio edit. Okay, if you got lyrics, fine. Now, for for me, as far as this goes, for uh, uh, for being taken on a on a on an audible journey, uh, man, I, I need something that uh, that that has a lot of depth. And and realistically, 
because I already have a hard time tracking um, tracking a, a lot of different things, and since I'm, in, I'm an information worker, I, I still need that uh, that energy throughout the day, and so I really depend a lot on the music I'm listening to. But the but the trick here is that I, I can't, I don't really like having my subconscious programmed with lyrics, and that's why I default really to electronic music because. You know, it harnesses harnesses your body and your mind. You're just kind of sitting there dancing around, but I'm still focused on exactly like mentally uh, invested in in what I have to get done. So, um, so there's a little bit of a little bit of a hack there. But uh, with driving, it's 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 the same thing. You're not uh, you're not polluting your mind with lyrics or a message or something that someone else has written. I mean, you're you're operating uh, like like directly off of the music that is harnessing your body, which is, which is really cool. I think, um, so that's how I find, that's how I, uh, uh, unwind, which isn't really, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I actually, I understand that. Silence piece. And, um, so I'm into electronic music. I'd listen mostly to podcasts now, but I remember in the late nineties, early two thousands, I would listen to it and friends would be like, how can you listen to this? There's no words. I said, you don't need words. Like they don't, this isn't a programming. It's yeah. just, takes you somewhere, you know, and you just, you're not being told, you know, stuff. And I like music with words in it too, but when it just comes to just throwing something in the car and just driving most of the time, although I've been kind of on a hip hop thing lately, but most of the time it's just road trip, pop something in and you don't remember even how you got there. Right. You just remember enjoying it. Yeah. Right. So do you even drink, do you drink at all? Uh, Are yeah. you one of those people who don't drink, but you know what other people like? So okay. you get it so, for them? So, um, I can appreciate. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna apologize to the listeners. I mean, it really, a lot of this really does uh, tie back to neurodiversity and and ADHD. One of the common traits among amongst us is that I don't. I'll say I don't want one drink. I want ten. So I become very thirsty when I uh, when I drink. And so what I've found is that my as my my uh, my mental. Uh, faculties as I can feel myself begin to slow. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Think about like Hal 9000. What are you doing, Dave? Right. (laughs) So it's kind of like that, but I do, I do enjoy a drink. I do enjoy, uh, you know, calming the nerves. It does have a nervous system, you know, suppressing effect. Uh, It's really good if I'm, you know, uh, you know, feeling a little bit of, you know, anxiety. I think alcohol consumption for everybody is probably up in 2020. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I drink a lot less than I, than I used to. Um, I mean, shit in the last, in the last year I stopped drinking beer. I've lost about 30 pounds, which is huge. I'm, I'm already not a, not a very big guy. So a lot of beer. I, I like a dark beer though. Boy, I, I, yeah, if I can find like a, like a chocolate porter or, uh, or, uh, uh, anything with chocolate or espresso, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of dark beers. Um, so I'll, I'll make a, make an exception for, for the for, old breakfast for, stout. Yeah. Breakfast stouts. Uh, love, love a good, love, love a good scotch. I mean, I, I think, uh, that, that bottle that I sent you is probably, that's probably one of my, that's gotta be my favorite liquor. I, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I'd take you down, down there and we could go through the cabinet, but you just scared me because you said you like to, to drink a lot oh, dude, and don't, I'm selfish. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'll, selfish. I'll have a few drinks, but you know, it's a, uh, it's not, it's not something that I'll say like, you know, I, I, I will or I won't. It's, um, it's, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a drink or two, but. What kind of asshole am I? I'm not worried about you drinking and driving. I'm worried about losing my shit downstairs. I don't become an alcoholic if that's what you're saying. Uh, it's not really, it's not really the way, the way that I roll, but, um, 
but yeah, you know, I, I can I can certainly uh, you know appreciate a drink. I I enjoy the effect, and I boy, I, I certainly can appreciate the, uh, uh, the 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 taste and complexity, and the, it's a it's a form of art, just um, just like music. So, yeah. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, I'm on all, I'm on all the socials at Naderade N number eight R number four D number three. Yeah, you can find me find me on all the socials. Uh, my company Arcus Foundry A R C U S F O U N D R Y. Also on all the socials. Not a whole lot of movement yet, but uh, we're we're getting there. We've got some stuff planned for 2021. Thanks for coming by, man. This has yeah. been awesome. That's uh, having you as the first in studio guest is a good decision. <laughs> Thanks. You can uh, you can uh, you can edit that part out as you change your mind later when you re-listen to it. Sign for the Q and A segment sponsored by NSX Channel on Instagram, your number one source of NSX content. Today, I have a special guest, fellow podcaster Shanina Lacia. She's the author of the Reaching While Teaching book, and she also has a Reaching While Teaching podcast. Shanine, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. We've been talking about this for a hot minute, so we got you now. So I'm sitting here staring at your book, Reaching While Teaching, Educator's Guide to Impacting and Transforming Lives, but you don't necessarily have to be a teacher to get fulfillment from this book, do you? No, you don't. Majority of the people that have actually read the book aren't actually in education, but they have got something from it. They felt, I guess, inspired to really understand that, you know, every decision that they make and how they live their life, they're impacting someone, whether they want to make the impact or not, like you're making an impact. So you might as well try to make a positive impact. So that's kind of like what the book is all about. And then I just use my experience as a teacher to kind of, you know, make it plain and, and allow you to see things through my eyes, basically. You don't get mad, do you? <laughs> I I do get mad. I mean, I <laughs> I'm better now. I'm better now. Um, I don't really have a temper. I did grow, growing up though, but now I'm kind of like, I don't really try to let things bother me too much. I try to keep my peace and my joy. <laughs> so you said something earlier and you're the second person on this episode that has dropped this word inspiration. And I think mm -hmm. there's a, there's a distinct difference between inspiration <laughs> and motivation. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm on team inspiration because I think your inspiration kind of keeps taking you and makes you want to get out and, and do something, do something better, build something. Like, why do you, why did, why did you choose the word inspiration over motivation? Mm, I didn't even think about that. that I chose inspiration. That's, that's how good you are. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like being motivated, like certain things can motivate you. I guess like the wrong things, I think, because sometimes you could be motivated by, I guess like someone else has something. So your motivation is, oh, I got to get it to copy them. You know what I'm saying? So like with inspiration, mm. something kind of tugs on your heart and it's kind of just like you feel some type of connection with whatever it is. So you kind of feel inspired, whether it's by a person, whether it's by um, anything. It's just it kind of connects with you on a deeper level. That's I think that's why I kind of use the word inspiration. And then that inspiration will motivate you at the end of the day to do, you know, whatever you want to do and accomplish those goals that you set for yourself. I love that. If someone is out there, cause I've seen you do posts mm -hmm. and I have peers, they're all talking about doing books. Um, we should write a book. You should write a book. You should write a book. I go, okay, well hit up Shanine Alessia at Re Reaching While Teaching. And cause she has a course 
Mm-hmm. Kind of tell the listeners a little bit, because I'm sure somebody out there is thinking about writing a book. Well, OK, so you, what you said is correct. I do have a course. Um, I have a course that is a self-paced course. It kind of teaches people the ins and outs, the steps, because we all kind of well, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people have said, I'm going to write a book one day. And it's kind of like they get stuck. They don't know what to do next. So the course kind of lays everything out. It gives you, um, you know, what to do before you write it, while you're writing in the process, what's next, the important thing that people forget, which is marketing. We go over all of that in the course. And then for some people, they're not a course taker. So they're they're just like, oh, I don't really know about a course. So I do offer coaching as well, where I kind of work with people um, one-on-one and we meet up every week through Zoom and I kind of coach them and let them know, okay, you need to get this done. So next time we talk, make sure you have this done. And I kind of go through like a self-publishing checklist with them so that it's kind of less stressful because thinking of all the stuff you have to do to actually write the book and get it published can be a little overwhelming. So having, you know, a coach or going through a course can kind of make it a little easier and you can understand things as well rather than staying up all night on Google like what I did. You ready to jump into some Q&A? Sure, I'm ready. So the segment, I reach out to social media and I've asked people, I think you've submitted once before in the past, just to submit a question. It could be a car question, non-car question. Sometimes I answer it myself. Sometimes I bring on an awesome guest like you. So the first question actually comes from another podcaster, Bob Marshall in Canada, Bob Chat Podcast. What's your favorite hockey team? Maybe the Cubs? Uh, no idea. <laughs> Uh, what city are the Cubs from? The, the <laughs> hockey team, the hockey Cubs. The hockey Cubs. Oh, that's the actual team. I don't know. Uh, maybe they're from somewhere cold. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. A state that's cold. Anyone, one of them. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know what my favorite hockey team is. I don't really pay it that much attention. I want to say the Chicago Blackhawks, but I think the finals just happened at some point during 2020, and I have no idea who won the Stanley Cup. When I was a kid, it was the Minis- actually the Dallas Stars, which moved down from Minnesota. And oh. I don't really know. I lived in Dallas. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Bob. We're, we're not very good with the whole with the whole hockey team. When hockey, what comes to mind is the movie. What is it? The Mighty Ducks. I think that's there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's my team right there. Yeah. So the Anaheim Ducks. I think they're still in Anaheim. I mean, that's a real team. Oh. Um, mm. Next question is from Possum Killer. How do you like these names? Interesting names. Very interesting. <laughs> so we have a Bob chat and we have a possum killer. So <laughs> are you excited for this Fresh Prince reunion show? I actually am. I love the Fresh Prince. So I am excited to see just how they interact with each other. You know, so many years have gone by. What is it like 20 years? I don't know how, how many years. I'm sure it's a lot. I'm sure it's going to be different, though, with Uncle Phil not being there. Yeah. Um I've never watched The Fresh Prince, really. I, I didn't really like the show really? growing up. I don't, I'm not quite sure why. I, don't, I probably don't have any really good reasons, to be <laughs> completely honest with you. I know my kids loved the show. Like My son used to always watch it. So am I excited about it? I don't care. I really don't. But I'm sure it's going to be great. ST and Little ST asks, a real tree or a fake tree for the holidays? I would say a fake tree, just because I would want to keep it next year. <laughs> cost effective and I don't know I feel like a real tree probably would be a little more work cutting it down doing all that extra stuff I I just want to buy it from the store take it out the box put it up decorate it and then when it's time to take it down take it down put it in the box and take it back out do it all over again next year (laughs) did you you ever have a real tree growing up 
No, that's probably why I've never had a real tree. So we used to go out and I used to work the Christmas tree lots when I was a scout with my father, but we used to go out every year and he would go to some tree farm and cut the tree down. And it was like this event that we did every year. And as I got older, it's like, you don't do that. Like you can go to Home Depot and buy, you I mean, you don't have to cut the tree down. You can buy a real tree that's already Ooh. been cut down for you. But I think one day we're going to, we're going to go out and try to get a real tree, but we're team fake tree as well for the, all this, <laughs> every reason that you basically said. Now, here's a question from a friend of mine. I almost threw this away because I think it's a ridiculous question. Okay, let's hear But it. I'm going to ask you, do men still wear jewelry? Of course men still wear jewelry. It depends it depends on the man, and I think it depends on the jewelry as well. Obviously, a lot of them are not decked out as women, um, but jewelry can consist of a wedding ring. Jewelry can consist of maybe one earring. Jewelry can consist of like a watch or like... Uh, a bracelet of some sort. So I think men definitely still wear jewelry. Yeah, I think he's talking about being blinged out and and that's a terrible question. Of course men still wear jewelry. If they just turn on the TV or watch a video or watch a watch a sports game or or watch a performance. That's Dwayne. Dumb question. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Red's Ramblings. Who's your favorite comedian? Um maybe right now I really like Kev on stage right now. He's funny. I don't know if you heard of Country Wayne. I used to like him. He's kind of, nope. yeah, his, his, he does more so skits now. Um, but I really like Kev on stage. He's he's pretty funny. <laughs> have you heard of him? Nope. Really? I have to, okay, I have to share his page with you. He's pretty funny. <laughs> I uh, So I used to watch Comedy Central growing up all the time just to see who was on there and who was funny, like at night, kind of like you were saying, or Def, or Def Jam, Def, mm-hmm. Def Comedy Jam. But I guess for me, it's somewhere between maybe Dave Chappelle and and Chris Rock. Like, I don't really watch too much stand-up anymore. For a lot of the other comedians, I just... We went to go see Damon Wayans when he came. Was it Damon or Marlon? I think Marlon Wayans was here a year or two ago. And we were sitting up front, and it just he was just way too vulgar. I mean, I hate to sound like an old person, but <laughs> it was like, this was just too vulgar for me. So I, I have to go with people. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't have to really go overboard to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people just think that, I guess. They're just not that funny. That's probably why. A lot of the women comedians are very vulgar. That's what a lot of people say. They try too hard. They try too hard. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> to but, me, Chris Rock is a little that. vulgar. <laughs> he can be, yeah. But you said but the thing so about women comics, not me. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I can and this, is, <laughs> this is a fun one. I'm, I'm going to see how you work with this one. The Limitless Production asks, what are the pros and cons of EV? I guess you can run out of what is it? How does it is like battery or something? You have to like yeah, they're but yeah, those are definitely battery powered. So that might be an issue because don't you have to go to like certain locations to get it charged or to get it? Yeah. So that yeah. might be an issue if there's nowhere like nearby that has that. That might be a con. The pro is you might be saving more. I would think it should be energy efficient. It should be you know you should be saving more money like rather than if you had to get gas. So I would say that would be a pro, right? <laughs> Come on, Shanine. Yes, that's a pro. I just figured you'd be like, but you get to save the environment. You're more green. You're talking about your own wallet. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think. Not, not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a tree hugger. Yeah, no. I, I guess the pro is, yeah, it's more environmentally safe, I guess, because mm-hmm. you don't have to go through the fossil fuels and stuff. I mean, but I don't want to say I don't care because it makes me seem like I don't care. But I mean, I like, 
my car in the garage. Um, and the con of it is, uh, I think that, yeah, you run out of charging places and there's more and more places building charge stations. In fact, Ford last year invested over, I think, a billion dollars in building charging stations across California or somewhere. And they don't even have a full EV vehicle. They didn't at the time, but the Mustang Mach-E, which is an electric SUV, comes out any day now. So, and the technology of batteries changes mm-hmm. over time. So that's kind of a, a con, I think, because if you buy a car today and you can't charge it in 10 years because it's an old ass battery and there's no way to replace it. So, oh, yeah, true. And maybe like, oh, we don't do that anymore. And they want you to get an upgrade. <laughs> right, right. And then the last question is from Kenny, who is a faithful listener. Thanks, Kenny, for always listening to the show. What are some of your favorite pastimes? So, what are some of the things you like to do for fun? This is a fun question. Hmm. I love watching TV. I love movies. I like to kick back and watch a good old Netflix series. That is definitely um, something I do for fun. Um, I like to read a good book when I can. Um, I, it's really hard that I can just sit down and have time to read. But when I do, that's definitely something I enjoy doing. Um, movies. Well, Corona messed that up, but I love like literally going out to the movies. And seeing like especially when the new um, movie comes out i like carnivals going to like carnivals going on rides i'm not as Shanine. young as i used to be so i can't you know go on you know <laughs> those Shanine, crazy favorites coasters. favorites 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 those are my favorites. favorites here yeah okay they're all your favorite you're all <laughs> my best friend <laughs> what you want me to narrow it down to one no those are good those are good um <laughs> I think for me, I'm going to steal one from you because I had a hard time trying to figure out right now what things I like to do for fun because literally all I do is work and work on the podcast and the YouTube. Mm. But going to the movies, like the blockbuster, those are things I always look forward to. Like I'm a huge MCU nerd. Mm -hmm. So like when the next Marvel movie is coming out, you mark that on your calendar. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I can't wait to go. Mm-hmm. So my, my wife and kids like to go to the movies, but they go more for the popcorn and soda, which I never, I mean, it, it's cool that it's there. Can you go to the movies without any of that? I can go to the movies without any of that. Yeah, I, I don't go, go to the movies for that. Mm-mm. I try to bring my own food sometimes. <laughs> so you use a Ziploc bag because you, you can't use the loud packaging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're telling yourself, what do you bring? What do you, what do you bring into the movies? It depends. So I've, I've brought like Chick-fil-A in there before. So it just depends. <laughs> I thought I was going to hear Sour Patch Kids and you bust out with a value meal. <laughs> it depends. If I'm real hungry, I'm going to bring, I'm not going to spend $20 on a meal there. Uh-uh. They are taxing. So, yeah, I bring That's that. smart. <laughs> Put it in my bag. All right, Shani, thank you for joining the Q&A segment. How can people reach out to you? I mean, I'm going to put your info in the, in the notes and even after I get done talking to you here. But other than just from hearing it from you. Mm-hmm. They can reach reaching while teaching at and that's the the Instagram reaching while teaching. Um yeah, so I have two Instagrams. You can reach me at reaching while teaching or my personal one, Shanina Lacia, S H A N I N E A L E S S I A or Shaninalacia dot com. And you can just feel free to say hi. I'm friendly. I don't bite. <laughs> she doesn't get mad either. And if you need help, need some guidance on writing a book, she is your woman. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, the holidays are upon us. Thanksgiving's upon us. Had a couple of big events recently. We just did a, my friend Mimi, who you've heard on this podcast before, and she's going to be back pretty soon as a guest in a future 
guest co-host, she organized this big event. So a few episodes I was I, I had mentioned, you know, don't forget about me or anybody else. And this event was mental health awareness, suicide awareness. I invited a fellow podcaster, Paris of the Crooked Illness podcast. She came out and, and hung out with us and had a good time. And is with a group called Reborn Social out of New Jersey. And so that was a pretty big event, which is that last weekend. This weekend coming up as in like tomorrow, because today is the 20th. We're doing the One Less event, One Less Food Drive with the United Food Bank of Arizona. We did two last year. This year, we finally got it down. And we realized the governor could shut it down at any time. So thank God the event's tomorrow. So at least we know we're going to make that event. We're all going to be social distancing. And we're going to assemble as many food bags as we can through donations and food bag assembly and cash donations so we can feed America. It's called One Less Help Make One Less Person Hungry, One Less Child, One Less Senior Citizen, One Less Family. We have a lot of success with it. And I do that with my One Auto Movement. So you guys can check that out. One Auto underscore move on Instagram, oneautomovement.com. Need to update the website. Go and shop at the Teespring page. Like I said earlier, we have Patreon. Finally got to be on Patreon. Some big changes are coming with the Hard Parking Podcast. Don't worry, you're still going to get the same me. I'm just trying to get my shit together. Special thanks to Nathan Robertson for hanging out. Shanina Lacia, Region While Teaching Podcast. Gotta thank our sponsor, Wright Honda, out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Higher quality detail. Koya Automotive, NSX Channel, Booster Bath, and Four Wheel Online. If you want to reach the show, you can hit me up at hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, NA2NSX, or JTravels, J-H-A underscore travels. I can't grow unless you tell everybody how awesome the show is. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. As a lot of you guys know, my daily driver is a 2007 Infiniti FX35 Sport. It's about time I put some money into it. Can't just drive the NSX around all the time looking nice. Want to get some wheels? For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They're dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need for a custom look and added functionality. I was talking about a wheel and tire package. Head over and use a configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get outfitted today. Visit them at Four Wheel Online. That's Four Wheel Singular Online. Are you tired of your dog losing its cool in a thunderstorm or fireworks? You might want to look at tongue treats. TongueTreats.com, high anxiety relief, pain relief, inflammation relief. It's a direct connection between the tongue and the brain. Doesn't waste time going down to the stomach where it gets broken down, enters the bloodstream, then to the brain eventually. By then, little Izzy, my dog, has been hiding under the house for like 20 minutes. The Tongue Treat CBD strips provide rapid results for your pet with the right amount of CBD, which is not psychoactive. It's important to test and verify your pet is getting the proper dosage. A single strip should be enough. Have doubts? There's certified analysis from a lab available on the website. Think about it. Efficacy and economy. Tongue treats.